0: I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 18 of The Eclipse. We've really been hitting the ground running in 2023, and it feels great. Hopefully, we can keep up a two-episode-a-week tempo for all of you. We are just shy of 200 listeners on Spotify, which I'm so excited about. So we'd really love it if you guys could help get us over the 200 mark and share our podcast far and wide with your networks. We're also building out our social media following, so don't forget to follow us and share those sites as well. You can find us on Spotify and on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle. We're also on Twitter at at the Eclipse Pod and on Instagram, the Eclipse Podcast, all one word. And you can also find us on the old people's social media site, Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, we're just The Eclipse. So now that we're done with all that, let's get into it. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss kind of what's up with the Pentagon and their mandate to report their findings about UFOs to Congress. And I figured I've kind of touched a little bit on this throughout the series, especially after the last episode where I talked about kind of the politics and drama in the ufology world. Um, I thought that this would be a good segue into this subject because I realized that there might be a whole lot of you out there that have no idea that there's been quite a bit of news in the last, especially year, but I would argue even like five years in regards to the Pentagon and the study of UFOs. So let's get into it. Can't talk about the Pentagon and UFOs without talking about, you guessed it, Lou Elizondo. (laughs) You guys are going to get really tired of me talking about Lou Elizondo and ancient aliens. I know it. I promise. I promise I will talk about other people, but... It's just true. You can't talk about the Pentagon and UFOs without them. So Lou was the former head of the Pentagon's Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, otherwise known as ATIP, which is just like a super fancy way of saying that Lou studied UFOs. He was the head of that program, and then he resigned over, no shock here, bureaucratic bullshit. So essentially, Lou felt that what he was Discovering and investigating was important enough that it needed to be elevated to people who could actually make decisions, whether it's members of Congress or like the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Secretary of Defense, etc., and as usual, mid management douchers. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know if they were in management or not. I've never worked in the Pentagon. I've never been in the Pentagon. Maybe someday I will. I don't really care, to be honest. I think it's because I've been around so many people in my military service that were like, oh my God, the Pentagon, that I just don't think it's that cool. I think it's cool when we drive by it because we live pretty close to it here, but I'm just not like... I don't worship at the altar of the Pentagon. I was in a training one time, and it drove me nuts. This woman, she was a civilian. She sat next to me in the classroom, and it was only like a two-week training. But I felt like it lasted forever. But anyway, she kept, she worked at the Pentagon, and she refused to call it the Pentagon. She would only call it the five-sided building. And it drove me insane. <laughs> I feel mean, like just call it the Pentagon, or are we just are we just describing all of our buildings based off of their geometric shape, like like I work in the in the rhomboid, rhombus building, rhombus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I couldn't stand it. Anyway, back to the story. Back to the point. So, bunch of mid management douchers said, "No, you're not going to do that." And Lou said, "Poop to that. I'm out. I'm leaving." And there's actually some controversy there. So obviously, you know, like. It happens in bureaucracies. His The head of his division, I think his name was Jerry Reed, went after him. Um, and so much so that uh, Lou ended up filing an IG complaint. Not really going to get into that because that's not really what this podcast is about. But the point is, Lou said, poop to yet, I'm out of here. And he left. When he left, he was able to bring with him some declassified videos of UFOs, which is really exciting. So he leaves the Pentagon, flips him the bird. Leaves hitches his caboose to the to the Stars Academy train, which to the Stars Academy, if you remember, is headed by Blink 182s Tom DeLong, which is just hella cool. And I was supposed to actually be able to to like virtually meet him, but it hasn't happened, and I don't think it will happen, and I'm super bummed about it. But anyway, totally different story. He joins to the Stars, and he brings with him these videos. One of them, I think, was the Tic Tac video, which if if memory serves, was the one that was taken by the USS Nimitz. And then the other one, I think, is Gimbal or GoFast. I can't remember. One of those. And he maybe he had three videos. Point of the story is he brings these declassified videos, and what makes them really compelling is they're videos of UFOs taken by members of the United States Navy on equipment that is U.S. Navy. So, like, owned by the U.S. Navy. So that's pretty incredible. They have these videos... They end up linking up with the New York Times, you know, things happen, ends up being like one of the biggest stories ever, and it gets some traction with Congress. So Congress, the way that they generally make things happen is through the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, Um, because if you're going to bloat anything, that's what you're going to bloat. You're going to shove programs into that. Again, totally different podcast. I have my own feelings about it. But we'll focus on what they did with the NDAA. (laughs) So before there was NDAA movement, June of, I think, 2021, Pentagon had to talk to Congress about what they were able to explain out of 144 recorded UAP sightings or UFO sightings. Turned out they could only explain one. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) So obviously Congress goes, well, that's not. Okay, that's unsat and terrifying because most of these sightings happen around our military installations and often, in particular, our nuclear assets. So it's a matter of national security that we know what the hell this is about. So they used the National Defense Authorization Act to create the UAP Task Force office or whatever. Or not the UAP Task Force, just a UAP office. And I think it's called the Anomaly Surveillance and Resolution office. It's hard to keep track because they kept changing the name. But I'm pretty sure that's what they've stuck with since then because it was meant to include like transmedium type shit. So if it's unidentified aerial phenomenon, that's just, you know, shit flying in the air. But these videos prove that whatever these things are, they're able to traverse between the water, the atmosphere, and space. So along with this is the requirement that the Pentagon has to report to Congress annually and semi-annually. So then fast forward to last year. So last year, there were congressional hearings. So there were private closed Briefings. So that means that the public wasn't aware of them. They were classified. But, of course, all of the, the congressmen always talked to the press. And it was pretty clear that it was underwhelming. Marco Rubio was pretty upset about it. I'm trying to think of the lady who's really involved in this stuff. I can't think of her name, but she was really upset. And then you had Congressman I think his name first name is Tim Burchett of, I think, Tennessee, who just really went after him. He said, um, I'm going to quote it because it's absolutely great. He said, there's an arrogance in government at that level that we cannot handle what's going on out there. And it's about power and control. So basically what the congressman is saying is that he thinks that the Pentagon thinks that they're better than everybody else and that they have to keep everything a secret because we can't handle it. Which I think is probably pretty... Pretty accurate, pretty accurate assumption about really anything doesn't have to just be UFOs. So, in May of last year, there were open congressional hearings, and this was huge because the last time we had had these was Project Blue Book, which is like the 60s or some shit. So, at these hearings, They had Ronald Moultrie, who was the, and the reason why I bring this up is because the last episode, I was like, I can't remember these two guys, but it was boring and interesting at the same time. So they had Ronald Moultrie, who was the, or is, maybe he still is, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, and Scott Bray, who was the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence. So they have these hearings, and like I said in the last episode, they were both boring and interesting at the same time. It was a lot of kind of verbal tap dancing and subterfuge but it was interesting because there was a little bit of clashing with the congressman and these two individuals that spurs later on more legislative movement so within the probably one of the ones that had the biggest kind of waves in the ufo world particularly on ufo twitter and the one that got me the most blowback on twitter was the intelligence authorization act of fiscal year 23 So within that act, there was quite a bit of language about UFOs. And in it, there was this allusion to this acknowledgement that Congress was making that there were non-man-made UAPs. And I can't remember the exact um, verbiage, but it was something along the lines of like basically stating that the office wasn't supposed to investigate anything that was known to be made by man. So it's kind of one of those like depending on how you want to read it, it kind of sounds like maybe they're saying that they know it's UFOs, but it like from aliens, but at the same time it could also just be like you already know this is made by us. So don't bother with that. Still interesting, though. It also talked about how the Comptroller General Office was going to be mandated to investigate any sort of government or intelligence community subterfuge in prior investigations. So let's go back in time to the Roswell incident of 1947 as an example. And I believe that's actually where they're supposed to start with their investigation. So Roswell happens. And at first public affairs officer can't remember his name says uh yeah we found a flying saucer and obviously the papers are going to publish this and then like something like the next day the air force or the royal or not the royal air force the um army air corps army air force or whatever says oh whoopsie doodle that's not What it was. It was a weather balloon. And so that's kind of what they're talking about is this whole like where the government will come in and say, like, oh, nothing to see here. (laughs) Hey, all of you Americans or witnesses, you're just crazy people. It's really a weather balloon. So it was really interesting that they're going to do that. And what was really great, the best thing I think I saw on Twitter last year was a Nick Pope tweet and if you remember Nick Pope he's the guy that's on Ancient Aliens he's also on like just a shit ton of other TV shows he's all over the place but he was the guy that studied UFOs for the Ministry of Defense for the united kingdom he's put out this tweet that asked if this recent kind of promotion of government and intelligence agencies like kind of hinting at like hey there might hey we might we're studying ufos now we're now interested in it if it's one or a combination of them actually believing that there's been an alien contact if it's a cover for black project tech if it's like an experiment to kind of test societal influencing or some other agenda. And to me, I felt like that tweet won UFO Twitter last year. I thought it was so great. I think about it pretty regularly, actually. I'm like, man, that's a really smart, that's a smart question. So where are we at now? So the last report was due on Halloween. And surprise, surprise. It's it hasn't happened yet. It's quite a bit late because it's January. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. There's been some new legislation in the new NDAA that has like, oh, it's just got a shit ton of stuff, but kind of some high level things is the whistleblower protection and, um, kind of a mandating like an investigation or a review of non-disclosure agreements dating back. To I believe the Roswell incident too, so kind of this idea that government hamstrings uh, witnesses, government witnesses by tying them to non-disclosure agreements, where it's like, well, I can't, I can't be a whistleblower because I've, I got an NDA, my whole life will be ruined. So that's really interesting, and hopefully that will kind of like push things forward. There's also been some rather convenient leaks to mainstream media, so now there's these, like every now and then you'll see. An article from like the Washington Post or or like a science magazine or like Scientific American. I'm trying to think of another one where they'll be like, oh, sorry, UFO people. It was actually drones or what else has an airborne clutter or my favorite where they're kicking it old school that it's weather balloons. <laughs> Like, come on. And then my other favorite is that these highly trained naval pilots, like these are the best of the best, um, have just witnessed optical illusions. Wow. So what are my thoughts on all this? I mean, the Pentagon's notorious for slow-rolling reports and for being incompetent. And that's the case for like anything. It's not just UFOs. It's, you know, Afghanistan. It's uh, audits. It's Um, so it could be a bit of both. It could be that they're just late. It could be that they're late because they're incompetent. And it could be because they're slow rolling it. I mean, we did, you know, we got a new Congress. So they could have been like, we're going to wait. We're going to hope that the Republicans don't really care. Um, so I think it could be probably both. Uh, what do I think about Nick Pope's tweet? I think, again, I told you, I think about it a lot because it was just a brilliant tweet. I think that the government and intelligence community occasionally kind of teasing the UFO world. I think it's a little bit of a few things. I think some of it is to test out societal influence. I mean, we already know that the intelligence community is highly involved in social media. So, and it wouldn't be, I mean, the idea of intelligence community, like the, the federal intelligence community, be it the CIA or NSA or any of those three little organizations kind of participating in some sort of psychological operation is not outside the bounds of the norm, nor is it, like, unique to modern history. So I think it could be. I also think it could be a distraction for dark, the fun, you know, the black money funding for dark projects. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get too into my own background, but, I mean, this is something that does happen, where you kind of do this, like... uh, kind of above board deception to kind of like distract because we can't actually tell you you're getting too close to this. So we're going to distract you with UFOs or whatever. (sighs) Um, what do I think about the legislation? I think it's great. I think they do need to though, provide more cover and acceptance for regular pilots. Like right now it's kind of, if I, if I am correct, kind of more focused on like the military pilots and military members. But it needs to include all pilots. So if you're like a Southwest pilot or any of the airliners and you see a UFO and you have to report it, I mean, you still kind of have a stigma there. And there's been quite a few instances where, you know, regular commercial pilots have tried to elevate something. And then that's like, oh, well, you're Looney Tunes, Kooky Dukes. (laughs) You're never flying again. So I think they need to find a way to include them. When it comes to the investigations and the reviews, I don't trust any of that shit. I think it sounds great, but I don't trust it. Um, I don't think the government is an honest broker, particularly the Pentagon. And that's not just because I'm a con- I'm not a, con- you know, I don't think I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a realist. The Pentagon is not an honest broker, is not known for working with the American people or with Congress very well, and neither is government in general. Do I believe the pilots? So like these Navy pilots, you know, I do. I mean, there's video. Now, I'll be honest, the video, I've seen the video so many times and I kind of hate them because like one of them, like the gimbal video, it kind of just looks like there's a fly on a camera. It's obviously not, but I'm just saying, like it's, it's not like they're that, Breathtaking, in my opinion, but there are video, and I do believe the pilots. Like, I've seen enough of their interviews to they seem genuine. That doesn't mean that other military people wouldn't try and take advantage of this or try to use this sort of category of whistleblower to help elevate their status. There are plenty of military people who are also bad actors, not all military people are, you know, the sterling example of virtue. They are humans. <laughs> but I mean, I believe these pilots. I, I do. You, you hear their stories. It's very compelling. The stories don't change. They seem like solid, you know, regular old kick-ass Navy pilots. So I buy it. What about the leaks to the press? I think it's lame. And I think the press should know better. I think it's... And this is probably because my day job as an independent journalist. I think mainstream media is, like, too eager to just kind of whore themselves out. (laughs) Like, unknown... Unnamed Pentagon source or sources within the intelligence community say, like, you're being used. Weather balloons? Really? Oh, jeez. Like, give me a break. So that brings up, like, what are they? What do I think these things are that the Navy pilots have seen? I think... So I think it's our tech that we are testing out on our own military without letting the military know. That's what I think. I think it's black project technology funded probably through defense contractors and the government through, you know, black money. And we're just not letting the military know because we're wanting to know, we're kind of testing out how the Navy would react to it. Or as my husband likes to say, it's time benders. (laughs) Meaning it's basically us from the future. I don't believe that. But but my husband likes to hold strong to it. <laughs> I'd love to know what you guys think. That's that's what I think. I think it's black tech. It's black project technology that we're testing out. Which isn't very exciting. It would be much cooler, right, if it was time vendors or if it was aliens from another planet. I just don't think that's the case. And that would explain why the Pentagon's being so sheisty. Um, so, yeah. That's basically, you know, that in a nutshell, the Pentagon UAP thing in a nutshell. Thank you for listening, and please continue to follow us on Spotify, and please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor by making sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often, which could help us get to where we can have advertisers, which would be fantastic. (laughs) Stay tuned for the next episode where I'm going to dive into the philadelphia experiment i'm super excited it's a little bit of a change of topic so i can't wait Thank you again for listening, and please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all my writings on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle, and I would love it if you would subscribe. It is free. You can also find me on Twitter at at Mohawk Moderate and swing by thepoliticallyinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and you've been listening to the eclipse.